He's reclassified and ready to be recruited. The number one cornerback in the 2024 class is now in the 2023 class. Desmond Ricks has reclassified. We're going to bring in Chad Simmons, director of recruiting for On3, to talk about this major development. So, Chad, how does a recruit just go from the 24 class up to the 23 class in, well, it's almost time for a decision. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's always been somewhat uh, in the back of his mind, the thought of this happening. You have to be prepared. You have to think ahead uh, to set yourself up academically for even the opportunity. So uh, it's, it's always been something, obviously, in the back of his mind or his family's mind. And uh, he decided to roll with it. And he's ready to to kind of cash in on his name, his brand, his talents and, and make an earlier decision one year in advance. Yeah, the on three rankings will adjust today and we'll see where he ends up. But where do you think he fits in amongst the top names in the 2023 class? Well, I mean, he obviously being the top corner in 2024, the number two player overall in the on 300 2024 rankings, obviously positions Ricks, I think extremely high in 2023 as well. I mean, I think you have to put him in that discussion with a guy like Cormani McLean, who's also in Florida. And uh, I think Charles Power and his team will definitely uh, I, I would be surprised if he's not ranked, you know, pretty high, even though he is going one class up ricks the talent's still there the size the skill set the upside uh that's pretty clear so i would expect his ranking to be pretty high now ricks jumps up a class which means he if he's going to decide during the early signing period he's only got about six to eight weeks now to be recruited so i guess this is just going to be a very quick uh introduction to official visits and all these types of things what does it look like for ricks and his recruitment moving forward yeah, I think that'll be something really interesting to watch, Josh, is just really what his timeline will be. One thing I can say is he does not plan to enroll early. So that does not mean uh, he'll definitely sign in December. He may go to February. He may go even after February. There is no time limit where he has to sign. So I, you know, if I had to guess right now, I would say he doesn't sign in December. Mm -hmm. It takes a little bit more time being that he's not a mid-year guy. He won't graduate out of high school until the spring of 2023, now reclassifying. Um, so I think you know, he'll take some time. You know, I think when you mention what schools are involved, I think it starts with two SEC powers, LSU and Alabama. I think LSU and Alabama have put themselves in great positions uh, to compete for his signature whenever that time comes, whether it be December, February, or when that happens. I think the connection with the staff at LSU and Robert Steeples, Matt House, and then Alabama with T-Rob, Pete Golding, Nick Saban. Uh, he's been on both campuses for games this fall. He mentioned going back to Tuscaloosa for the Iron Bowl in November. So I think those two are ones to definitely watch at the top. And I think you have to watch on that next tier, maybe Florida and Miami. They've been heavily involved as well. He's been on campus both times for games at both schools uh, this fall as well. And I think you'll see other schools now likely try to get involved uh with this thing moving up one year okay let's stay in the state of florida five-star plus cornerback cormani mcclain is making a big decision on thursday he announced last week that it's decision time he's going to announce on thursday uh quickly any final thoughts here before his big decision 
Not really, Josh. I mean, he, he wasn't anywhere on visits this weekend. There were some rumors about potentially going to Alabama uh, this time a week ago. He did not make it to Tuscaloosa. Uh, the buzz is still around the Florida Gators. Man, they recently landed Bryce Thornton, uh, Dijon Johnson, two talented DBs. They should add another piece for that secondary on Thursday. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting to watch. Now, if the Gators can get this momentum going, do you think in a way this could help with Desmond Ricks? Like if Cormani McLean commits to UF on Thursday and the buzz is going, do you think it could bleed over a little bit into the momentum when it comes to recruiting Desmond Ricks? You know, as these recruits play, I mean, say they, you know, dogs want to play with dogs. So guys, guys want to get pushed. They want to get tested. They want to play amongst the best, not just on Saturdays, but on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and compete in practice as well. So yeah, it doesn't hurt. I mean, you know, Cormani, uh, more of an introverted personality, not a guy that that talks it up a lot with recruits on the road. They're obviously one class apart, uh, but obviously Florida landing a big name, an elite player. Uh, at Rick's position, uh, I think doesn't hurt for sure. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. UF definitely making some waves, and we'll see on Thursday if uh, they can land Cormani McLean. Now, Chad, I got a question for you. Do you believe in words or actions? I got a quote here. They don't have to worry about me flipping. That's a quote from five-star running back Cedric Baxter coming off an unofficial visit to Florida State. So he says that to our Texas on three site last Tuesday. Then on Friday, Mike Norvell shows up to Edgewater High School in a helicopter to go watch Cedric Baxter. A couple days later, Cedric Baxter comes out and says, I'm going to take an official visit to FSU this weekend. So in a matter of less than two weeks, Cedric Baxter has taken an unofficial visit on his own dime to go see FSU play Clemson. He downplayed it by saying that he's not flipping but then mike norvell shows up now we have an official visit do you believe his actions or do you believe his words you know i think actions do speak louder than words but i would tend this time to lean a little bit more towards the words today let's see what happens a week or so from now after the visit uh fsu look that, that's his dream school he was committed there at one time um, he loves Florida State for Florida State. He watched that program growing up. He knows about their history. He knows about all their winnings under Bobby Bowden. He knows about what Norvell's trying to do. And they've been extremely consistent, whether it be Mike Norvell, David Johnson, the staff behind the scenes in Tallahassee. He has a lot of connections there at Florida State. They make him feel extremely comfortable when he's there in Tallahassee. And this is, I think, a big visit, not only for him in Florida State, but also for Texas, man. They've put all their chips in. Uh, he's an elite running back. They want him to be that next Bijan Johnson um, in Austin. Uh, and I think the interest is there. Now, can they flip him? Uh, only time will tell. Uh, but FSU, I think, now has truly become a threat to Texas. Yeah, and like you said, what's going to happen when this visit wears off? Part of me thinks maybe Florida State's using this official visit too early. I know they got traction with the unofficial visit uh, two weeks ago when Clemson came to town, so now they're going to try to capitalize that and bring him in for a full weekend, but maybe it's too early. 
Yeah, I mean, timing is key. You know, I think you have to try to it's, – it's very tough to figure out, you know, can you ride this momentum? Obviously, they got him on campus for an unofficial. Mm-hmm. Norvell makes a big splash and shows up. You have a little bit of momentum there. I think they kind of felt like they have to cash in on the opportunity. At least maybe he's talking more to him, a little more receptive to him right now. He showed up on an unofficial visit. So I think they kind of like put all their chips in on this weekend and try to cash in and get him there by himself, get other commits around him. Um, and see what can happen. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think a flip is going to happen this weekend for FSU. Um, I think there is a good chance that Texas holds on to him, but this storyline is not going away, and we'll, we'll keep following it. Over the weekend, four-star cornerback Chris Peel out of North Carolina committed to Georgia. You and I did a reaction video. We've talked a lot about it. Georgia's DB class is loaded. Do you think they have the best secondary class in America right now? Uh, they're definitely up there, Josh. And I think what they've done is hit on the majority of their targets, man. They had a small group they were going after. And I think, you know, one of Kirby Smart's best hires since he took over as the head coach at Georgia, I think at least on the recruiting side, has to be Fran Brown. Uh, he got him from Rutgers this all season. Uh, he already had relationships in place. He offered Chris Pill before Georgia offered Chris Pill. He offered Daniel Harris from Miami Gulliver Prep before Georgia offered Daniel Harris. I think his ability to connect, obviously identify talent, offer them early, uh, relate to players, has been a huge part of Georgia's success. Then you have Will Muschamp, who I think – uh, a lot of kids love his demeanor, his intensity, his energy, his knowledge. Then you have on top of that, Kirby Smart, who played DB in the SEC, who's the head coach, a defensive-minded head coach. So uh, you mentioned the top class. I mean, you have A.J. Harris, Daniel Harris, now Chris Pill, Justin Rett from Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas, uh, Janelle Aguero from Massachusetts, a hard-hitting safety. Uh, I'd put that room uh, in this class against anyone in the country. Yeah, and Florida and Alabama, they can make an argument, but Georgia's class is pretty pretty stellar. Um, let's go to Tuscaloosa and talk about two big official visitors that we're in. Five-star defensive lineman David Hobbs and four-star defensive lineman Jordan Hall, both in on official visits at Alabama. What are you hearing coming out of those? You know, obviously it's early, Josh, you know, 24 hours since they left, really less since they left campus when we were recording this show. And uh, the buzz obviously is always positive. Uh, I spoke with both highly rated defensive linemen, uh, obviously Hobbs going from uh, North Carolina to Tuscaloosa, had a great time, his third visit on campus uh, to Alabama. And really they laid out their plan, you know, this time really sat down to show him uh, how he would play some standing up, some with his hand down. They want to show his versatility, his athleticism. I think they obviously made a very good impression on him and his family. The buzz there again is very positive. I think with Jordan Hall, uh, you know, he raves. It seems like by every school he goes to, he goes on and on and raves about that school and that visit. But he grew up a huge Bama fan. He calls that his dream school. Uh, Alabama's done a great job getting him back on campus. It's been some time uh, since he was in Tuscaloosa, a lot of other trips to Florida, Georgia, LSU in between, uh, and Miami as well. So getting him back on campus was big. Uh, if I had to put one above the other as far as Bama's chances today, I'd give, him a, give them a better shot with Hobbs coming out of this visit than with Hall. But both, mm-hmm. uh, both elite prospects raved about their time in Tuscaloosa. Do you expect them both to be making December decisions, signing in December, I should say? 
Well, you know, Hobbs has a decision date set for November 25th to honor his mom for her birthday. So only thing he has left is an, as an official visit to Georgia uh, the weekend of the Tennessee game here in about two weeks. Uh, and then he'll probably sit down for a couple of weeks and really figure things out. I think Alabama and Tennessee are the schools ahead right now for Hobbs with Georgia trailing at the moment. Hall, I think he goes until the early signing period. We're beyond the midway point of the season and the struggles at Texas A&M and Miami are kind of standing out. They're on field struggles at any point. Is there a buzz or anything going on off the field with their recruiting classes? Do you think that these two teams can hold on? I mean, Miami with the top 10 class and Texas A&M sitting at 15, but pound for pound, a top five class. When you, when you look at their average rankings, um, is their on-field play hurting their recruiting classes yet? You know, I wouldn't say yet. You know, is it is it you know maybe helping them uh, helping other schools recruit against them uh, to at least grab the attention of some of their top commits and and we all know uh, nothing's ever final in recruiting until these guys sign anyway. So you know, there's some behind the scenes recruiting. Uh, they're going to try to use everything as far as opposing schools, everything they can against whether it be Miami. Uh, Texas A&M, other programs that are struggling on the field. Um, you know, there's definitely some chatter uh, about it, but there's so much more involved now in recruiting than just the wins and losses. Mm -hmm. Obviously, with NIL in play now and who sets them up best for life after football. Uh, and obviously, we know uh, Crystal Boss, it's year one. So I've talked to uh, numerous commits at Miami about that and maybe their struggles, but they all understand it takes time to get his players in there his scheme ready to play and compete in the SEC. So I don't think anything's happening anytime soon. But, Josh, we both know flip season's right around the corner. There'll be some major changes in this next, uh, what, six to eight weeks as we close in on the early signing period. And some could come from Miami or A&M, but they'll happen around the country for sure. Yeah, it's all good until it ain't. Uh, with, with Texas A&M, they're kind of in its different scenario right Jimbo's in year five a lot of times in year one a coach gets a pass and Mario kind of deserves that he's taken over a program that has been struggling for years whereas A&M I mean in year five these guys weren't expected to be where they are so does Jimbo face different problems than Mario faces oh there's no no doubt I mean, I, I think he he put himself and even the way he talks and carries himself in the program this time a year ago after beating Alabama they should be competing for a playoff spot, you know, this year, um, not just a 500 record where they just go into Columbia and lose to South Carolina. Um, they probably could have lost to Arkansas earlier this season as well. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a, a different, um, I think, expectations uh, and pressure on Jimbo. Um, yeah, so I, there's no doubt. There's two totally different situations there from year one to year five with Mario and Jimbo. So, yeah, there's definitely more pressure, I think, more eyes and more maybe chatter rumors about what's going on in College Station than there is in Coral Gables. Yeah, this is the calm before the storm of flip season. It's always kind of quiet right until early November, mid-November, and then the top just comes off and recruiting goes crazy. So we'll continue to watch those two programs. Uh, one last prospect I want to talk to you about is Tennessee four-star linebacker Arian Carter, the Memphis recruit. His 
recruitment has blown up this fall. He has offers from almost every school from the East Coast to the West Coast, Alabama, USC, Miami, you name it. He's picked it up this fall. Uh, Arian Carter is going to schedule some official visits. What are you hearing on where these stops will be? Yeah, we talk about flip season. Only a matter of time, I think, until Arian Carter flips uh, from Memphis to somewhere. Uh, we know he has OVs as of right now. This schedule is kind of fluctuated and changed a little bit, but right now we know he'll be at Tennessee this coming weekend for his first uh, official visit, and then he'll go to uh, Michigan, Ohio State, and Alabama uh, to close things out in November, a very busy November. LSU was involved at one time. He's canceled that one for now. Uh, USC's trying to still get an official visit there, but I think there's two schools right now to watch at the top, and that's in-state program Tennessee and the program, Tennessee, just knocked off Alabama. Uh, he's been to Alabama a couple of times already this year for games. He's been to a game uh, in Knoxville as well. And I think those are the schools I hear the most about. It comes down to does he want to go into a program that's kind of a well-oiled machine and kind of fall in line at Alabama with other guys just like him? or go into a place like Tennessee where it's a little bit more open for playing time, maybe become a, a quicker starter, impact player in Knoxville. I think those are two things I'm being told he's looking at from the Alabama and Tennessee side. And then again, you have two Big Ten programs that intrigue him, Michigan and Ohio State, but they're both farther from home, up north. We'll see how the visits go there, but right now the buzz is around Alabama and Tennessee, two SEC programs. That'll be a big decision coming up for the Memphis commitment. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Flip season soon come. Chad, thanks for dropping all the inside intel with us on the inside scoop. Next up on the inside scoop, we have national recruiting analyst Sam Spiegelman. Sam, welcome to the show. I got to get right into it with you. Five-star Peyton Bowen out of Texas. He's committed to Notre Dame. He's committed to Notre Dame. But he took an unofficial visit to Oregon this weekend and has been vocal that he's going to be making an upcoming decision. Now, Notre Dame is still heavily involved in this recruitment. He's committed to Notre Dame, I should say. But what are you hearing on your end about how the Oregon visit went and just in general with Peyton Bowen? Yeah, this um, this, you know, even though he's been committed to Notre Dame for almost 11 months at this point, this still feels like a recruitment that has yet to kind of reach its climax. And we'd still have really no idea where Peyton Bowen will eventually sign in a little under two months. This is the number two safety in the country committed for almost 11 months, but just coming off an Oregon visit. He's talking about at least two more visits before he finalizes his plans, possibly a third to Michigan, which is a team that suddenly, you know, front and center with Peyton Bowen along with Texas A&M, along with Oklahoma. You mentioned Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman were, were in Denton County uh, just about two weeks ago. And, you know, if you talk to Peyton Bowen, it's the longest relationship he has in his recruitment, which is why he committed at the beginning of the, of the calendar year. But at this stage, it feels like this is not going to end well for Notre Dame. There are too many contenders making really adamant pushes for him, schools that are impressing around the country on the field. And, you know, with a, with a number two safety in the country, a five-star that makes plays on offense, defense, special teams, and is, a re, is a, one of the key reasons why Denton Geyer is 8-0 at the center of uh, recruiting news. Um, you know, this is, this is a recruitment that still has some twists and turns, I think, before it's all said and done. 
and he's already taken his official visit to Notre Dame. So they don't have a way to pay for him to get back to campus between now and the early signing period, which is less than two months away. Would you even say at this point, and I know this sounds crazy because he's committed to Notre Dame, but would you consider Notre Dame the leader to sign Peyton Bowen right now? No, I wouldn't. Um, I think that Notre Dame is a factor. Um, you know, not only, you know, is there a relationship with Peyton Bowen and, and Marcus Freeman, who was his lead recruiter as a defensive coordinator, obviously is now the head coach of the Irish, but his parents are both really close with Marcus. And when you have a relationship that span that much time, you know, your parents get involved and they develop relationships as well. So there really is a family connection to Freeman, to Notre Dame. With that being said, he has continually visited some of the same schools you know, since the spring, we're talking about Texas A&M and Oklahoma. Other schools are now in the mix for visits. He visited Eugene for the big UCLA game. He is considering a visit to Ann Arbor to see Michigan, which is playing out of their mind, especially on the defensive side of the ball and has offered Peyton, you know, a year ago and has continued to recruit him behind the scenes. With Texas A&M and Oklahoma considered major front runners, you know, for a kid from Dallas-Fort Worth, it's a two-hour drive each way. Um, you know, one of the both of the schools feel like in-state schools trying to poach on a Notre Dame commit. And ultimately, it feels like one of them might turn out to be, you know, in the driver's seat. Who do you think right now is the favorite to ultimately signing Peyton Bowen? It, just in your opinion. Yeah, you know, I don't feel confident when I say this, but, you know, Denton is is famous for, for Oklahoma coming in and, and having a major impact. We know that Peyton's teammate, uh, five-star quarterback Jackson Arnold is committed. He's been to, to Oklahoma a handful of times. Brent Venables is a defensive-minded coach. Jay Valai, their defensive backs coach, is a, is a Dallas guy, um, has been at Alabama and Texas and has recruited these high-level blue-chip recruits like Peyton Bowen. Um, I'm not ruling out A&M. There was plenty of buzz over the summer that he could possibly reopen his recruitment, and the Aggies have been right in there. You know, the Aggies have a chance to sign uh, five stars in David Hicks, Anthony Hill, and potentially Peyton Bowen. And when you look at the way that they recruit the state of Texas, being that strong right up the middle of your recruiting class, that would be a massive victory for the Aggies, you know, when you consider that Texas signs you know, Jonte Cook and Arch Manning, Texas A&M might have itself a really great class. But right now, you know, you can make a case either way for Oklahoma or the Aggies. I lean slightly toward Oklahoma with almost zero confidence. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> over the next six to eight weeks, it's going to get crazy with Peyton Bowen and Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame currently with Peyton Bowen in the class is ranked number three overall in the on three team rankings. However, that would be a devastating blow if they were to lose Bowen. Uh, they've already lost a five-star edge rusher, Keon Keeley. He decommitted from Notre Dame in August. Notre Dame did at one time have the number one class overall. Sam, do you think there's better chances of Notre Dame finishing inside the top five or outside the top five when it comes down to it? Yeah, I, I think this is trending a little bit toward them going outside the top five. And I think they'll still sign a really good class overall. You got to remember, it's Marcus Freeman's first real class as the head coach of the Irish. And, and they haven't had the season that probably most would have anticipated for them. But, you know, with Peyton Bowen being the front and center, the highest rated commit in their class, um, you know, from from Texas, it seems like that uh, it's a matter of time before he has to make a decision. And like I said, I, I believe he'll end up 
elsewhere other than Notre Dame. That was my take from spending time around him in Denton County this weekend. But also they have other commitments in this class that are still getting recruited. You mentioned Keon Keeley is now, you know, a top target for Alabama and Ohio State. Jaden Osbury is still hearing from SEC schools, you know, from on the outside looking in. He says he's locked in, but, you know, there's still a long ways until signing day. Jaden Greathouse, their their on 300 wide receiver commit from Austin Westlake, is hearing from the University of Texas. Other schools that are having really good seasons are still in touch, like South Carolina. You know, there's there's still some pieces that you know, with two months left in the cycle, things can go awry. And I think with Peyton leaning out, leaning, and you know, against Notre Dame at this point, you know, with a big decision on his mind, it just opens the door for them to, to slip a little bit in the overall team rankings. Yeah, on field play can affect recruiting. Uh, speaking of on-field play, Michigan is having a great season, but they're ranked number 25 overall. Is it just a matter of time until Michigan really turns it up on the recruiting trail? Yeah, I think that the way that they're playing, I think everyone, you know, I think everyone was kind of confused on what Michigan would look like in, in this this particular season after losing guys like Aiden Hutchinson and their playoff run a year ago. But they honestly look like a better team. Right. And I think that's working with some offensive playmakers, especially, you know, quarterback like Jaden Davis in the 2024 cycle um, when they see what J.J. McCarthy is doing and having a young quarterback engineering this offense. And defensively, they really haven't haven't missed a beat since last season with or without Aiden Hutchinson. And that's, you know, now you have the attention of five stars like Peyton Bowen, who as crunch time is nearing is considering a visit to Ann Arbor out of nowhere. And um, that's a, that would be a major, you know, plus for, for Michigan and their recruiting late to, to possibly get some five stars on campus as these decisions get closer and closer. And if they can get one or two and add to that star studded defense, that, that looms really large for the Wolverines and potentially bolstering their class before signing day. Yeah, and they're heavily in it for athlete Nicholas Harbor, a five-star prospect as well. So we'll see what Michigan can do. I just have a feeling that they're not done yet on the recruiting trail. All right, Sam, thanks for coming in and dropping the intel. We appreciate you. Yep, thanks, Josh. Have a good one. You too. Thank you for watching. Make sure you smash that subscribe button for me. And remember to check out all the videos on the On3 YouTube page.